0: Out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Behind! Wow, that? Silence it a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Dumped up. It. Pop pass over the middle. Hucker's got it.
1: Room to run. 15 10. Hit, hit! in! Fredor's touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side.
0: It goes oh, to the end zone! on this makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo!
1: Swing into this!
0: It is over! ESPN Radio 97.7. 100.1, ESPN Radio you road, heard. heard where Heard on 96.5 FM. You the cup. cup. Heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing. On the ESPNN. All great ways to tickle the eardrums, ladies and gentlemen. But there are there are upgrades in life, friends. There are. Uh, there's a better way. There's another side of the rope, if you will. And uh, we take you on this radio program by a magical website on the internet's known as QSportsTalk.com. At QSportsTalk.com, where you can watch a radio program. Hello, I'm waving at you. Just you, only you, just you, buddy. Hello, how are you? QSportstalk.com, where you can watch the show. You can chat throughout the show. Another great feature of QSportstalk.com. And uh, wait, there's more. So, we have a radio audience that when they go to commercial breaks, our friends on QSportstalk.com, they do not. They stay with it. We keep the camera on, keep the microphone on. It's almost like you're eavesdropping on what's happening here during radio breaks. So,. Hang with us uh, throughout the show. You get exclusive content, conversations, and so much more at the magical QSportstalk.com. Programming reminder, friends. Wanted to tell you right off the bat here that uh, the Dino Baber Show is tonight. It's tonight. Remember, it's a short week, Friday night lights at the Carrier Dome. Friday night's a great night for football. So the Dino Baber Show is going to move up a day to tonight, Heritage Hill Brewhouse, over on Brostat TK99. Tonight, So don't forget that we have uh, an exciting announcement coming your way on the show. We're going to announce the winner of our terrific contest. You have been qualifying throughout the week for the opportunity to kick an extra point at the Dome Friday night. And whoever makes that extra point, should you make it, we'll get uh, tickets to the Notre Dame game. High-demand seat for that. Remember, Syracuse held back those seats. I just uh, saw a story about this before we went on the air. Tickets, individual tickets for that game, go on sale next week. So you could be amongst the first to get Syracuse Notre Dame tickets. And uh, tell your friends you went out there and made an extra point on the field at the JMA Wireless Dome. So we're going to announce the winner for that coming up. I will tell you at some point before 6 o'clock, Uncle Brent's got a pair of tickets for Friday night. Syracuse and Virginia to give away as well. So listen, as we like to say in the radio biz, for the cue to call for that and so much more. Look at that. I mean, there's that's a lot right there. We're barely into the show, but uh, come on. You know Uncle Brent's got more. We got two great guests coming your way today. Happy to have this guy on. There is another undefeated football team in Syracuse, New York, friends. And, yes, I had to use that pun. The men's soccer team is 7 0 one They're kicking butt. They knocked off Colgate last night. Before that, merely knocked off the number one team in the country in Clemson. They actually have won back-to-back matches against Clemson. I remember the soccer lingo. Going back to last year, the Orange are number three in the country at this point. They've got a couple of alums that will be playing in the World Cup in a couple months. Uh, A good mix of international players doing some big things, but some guys that you know, Coach Ian McIntyre, who we're going to have on here, at 425, a chance to catch up with him today. We'll play back that interview for you then. Just had to go out in his backyard to find. So they are home Saturday. Speaking of plugs, mm-hmm. thinking of things you can do this weekend. Syracuse football plays Virginia Friday night at the JMA Wireless Dome. Syracuse football, if you will, will play Virginia Saturday at the SU Soccer Stadium. It's free to get in and cool thing to do on a Saturday, especially with no SU football coming up this weekend. So we'll talk to Coach McIntyre about just how they're doing it so far and uh, what lies ahead for the Orange. At 525, we will chat with somebody who has probably covered the ACC better than anybody through the years, and that would be the great David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch who has covered the ACC, knows Virginia football down in that area, of course, so we'll certainly focus on the Virginia game. But we want to talk to David about you know the latest out there, In the world of conference realignment, where the ACC stands on that, he's pretty tapped into that stuff. Um, News this week, why is the ACC moving its headquarters from Greensboro to Charlotte? Jim Beheim's going to have to find some Denny's to go to in Charlotte. I'm sure they have plenty, right? What's up with that? What's up with ACC football? The latest and the greatest with a guy who knows it better than anybody. The great David Teal will join us later in the show. It's Wednesday. We have a, a fun new thing we're doing on Wednesdays. Syracuse football over-unders. Josh has it all ready to go. He's probably still working on it, to be honest. But he has tracked what we've done so far and how we've been doing and what we think uh, Syracuse, Virginia will look like from that standpoint. We'll do some fun over-unders on that coming up. And uh, Aaron Judge hit a significant home run last night. don't know if you guys heard about that. And where this is going for the rest of the week is Very interesting about the circumstances in which you could hit the record-tying home run and the record-setting home run, depending on how you view it, of course. But uh, certainly uh, a lot of legit records, no matter what your stance is on prior home run record holders. And we will leave it at that. So hot takes, we'll focus on that. What we'll focus on to start the show is something that makes me sad. And that's when Sean Tucker is not... Pleased with his performance. I'm very curious how this is going to play out on Friday. First game, Syracuse-Louisville. Tucker's primary use and his best use in that game was as a receiver. Goes out in the flat, catches a pass 55 yards later. He's in the house, right? And the, the, the acceleration, the... How can I put this? The elusiveness. When Tucker makes that little move and if he gets to the second level, you're done. Coaches know this and they prioritize stopping Sean Tucker. And look, of course, you're going to try and stop Sean Tucker. That's obvious. But you're really trying to stop him from getting to that next level. If that's committing eight in the box, if that's putting a spy on him, whatever it is. like Just don't let this guy do that little juke and get into the second level because then you're done. His longest run this year is 13 yards. He does have that 55-yard catch and run. He did have 112 yards against Connecticut. But there's just been something not there since that play against Louisville. And you get a little shaken up in that Louisville game and that something not there is as simple as what I said in a lot of ways. It's that opposing teams are throwing everything they have at Sean Tucker. This is only the fourth game of the year and Tucker is too good of a player to be held back this long. But As much as we have discussed Robert and I and Jason Beck having intel on Brennan Armstrong and that matchup here, and that is a huge advantage to have that kind of intel on a quarterback that you helped develop and be one of the top 10 passers in the country last year. and Just all those little details that give you such a head start in preparation, you just can't put a value on in the intel that they are giving Tony White and what they know about game planning for this guy. It's almost as if it's that first game of the year where you've got those four or five extra days you really spend on game planning in camp, but you're thinking about that game for weeks. While Sir, uh, Syracuse certainly was focused on Louisville, Connecticut, and Purdue individually, like Anai and Beck have had to just probably spend a good portion of the offseason just ready to go soon as Virginia prep was ready, handed Tony White a binder of stuff like, here you go, you got everything you need right here. But let's not forget that Tony Elliott has game planned against Sean Tucker, that Tony Elliott is a good defensive-minded coach. Now, does he have the personnel that even a Purdue did last week to put the same plan out there and try and slow down Sean Tucker? I am as fascinated as anybody, to see if that's the case Friday. Because the numbers tell me he doesn't. The numbers tell me Virginia's an 81st ranked rush defense in college football. Purdue was 17. The numbers matched what we saw on the field. Because Purdue was physical. They had a great plan. They, I, mean, I just think of that goal line situation. Where Tucker just couldn't even bruise his way through. And this is a guy that can bruise his way through a couple of defenders. It's not just that breakaway speed. Tucker's got that kind of compact... Body style, he could just ram you through, for certainly for two or three yards. He could not do that against Purdue. So the more Tucker is not pleased with his performance, the more teams can you're not going to completely figure out what Syracuse is going to do on the offensive end because I still think there's just too much of an advantage that an eye has with the different schemes and looks and formations and the pre-snap motion. But again, Tony Elliott kind of knows what he's dealing with. Not that he was at Virginia with those two, but he has game plan for it. He has heard about it. It's not like, oh, boy, what the heck is this? So the more you can focus on Schrader, get to Schrader, shake up Schrader, obviously, the more concerned you have to be if it's not a balance. Because what we saw in the Louisville game was a balance between those two. They couldn't figure out who to key on. If Tucker's not on his game and you can adjust as the game goes and key on on Schrader let's look at the Purdue game. What mattered was the fourth quarter, but let's not forget that first half was dreadful. Let's not forget that first half. They had trouble executing. Let's not forget that first half they're throwing trick plays out there. Something was off. Now Schrader did admit what I've been telling you on this show. And what some people kind of know is that there was some sickness going around that team last week. And, there were some practice missed. I don't know how much practice Schrader missed, if any. But they were just a step off, particularly in the first, say, two and a half quarters before things started to rev up in the third quarter. And even some of the plays that Schrader got off, think of the winning touchdown. Dude right in his grill, gets the playoff, puts it on the money. There is something about Garrett Schrader in peril. and <laughs> just... Brings out the best in him. That money could that throw could not have been more on the money to Gadsden if he had, you know, four or five seconds in the pocket to step back, key in, focus, and deliver the ball. If anything, he might have missed the throw. There's something about just having to make the throw in a snap motion, and he nailed it. There were other plays like that. There were some throws this time it was it was the throws that were off. Just timing wasn't there. Think how many times Schrader had to duck and uh tuck and run, I should say. Tuck the ball and run. Because Purdue did just enough to hold off those receivers, right? There's something there that Tony Elliott can look at, fresh film, as much as they have the intel on his quarterback. He's a smart defensive coach that I think can tailor what he has to at least disrupt Syracuse. Now, if Syracuse can get back to Sean Tucker doing Sean Tucker things. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think he will. I think we will get the Sunday tweet that he was pleased with his performance. Uh, Emily Liker wrote a great piece about this today. We have run the gamut of the Sean Tucker tweets. Pleased with his performance. Okay with his performance. Not okay with his performance. And That just makes me sad. when Sean Tucker is sad. It really does. makes me sad. I feel like he's going to find his rhythm. Which allows the offense to really do what it can do. So, Syracuse has an advantage. There is versatility in this offense, there's flexibility in this offense, there's creativity in this offense. And I really feel like an eye and back have a whammer of a plan for this. Yeah, I just said that a whammer of a plan. I just, I think I just made that up. It comes from my days. Uh, real old school reference here for those of you that remember, remember pressure, luck. I believe they brought it back recently. Remember pressure, luck? You had to. You know, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, stop. That's for you guys out there. That's for you 80s kids out there. No whammies, no whammies, no whammy. stop. I believe they have a whammy of a game plan. I feel like Syracuse, you'll see my official prediction tomorrow on the digital pages of Syracuse.com, but let's just say I don't think they're going to have the trouble in this game that they had against Purdue. I feel like they will play better over the course of an entire four-quarter football game, and it's not all going to be scrunched into one quarter of football that I still look back on. I'm like, did that happen? Because I just think match them up, X's and O's, my team versus your team, Syracuse just has pretty much every box to check in their advantage. The Jimmy's and Joe's are just better. Weird things happen on Friday night, and see, this time, not that that game against Purdue was hidden on ESPN+, Plus, like the Wagner game is going to be in a couple of weeks. That was on ESPN, too, in the middle of the day. It was actually one of the more entertaining noon games. So there were some eyes on that thing. I saw a lot of national writers that kind of monitor all the, the noon games, really dipping their toes into Syracuse Purdue. So not that that game hid in the shadows. But this is Friday night football when everybody's watching. So you don't want to have that misstep again. You know, the crowd has been an interesting conversation in recent weeks. I'm, I put out the ticket map, as, as I always do, just to kind of see how things are going. That crowd's going to be revved up. And I do think it's going to be bigger than Purdue. It's probably not going to be as big as some people feel it should be. But, come on, those crowds have been great. That's That shouldn't even be a topic anymore. The people that make their way into the building Make that an intimidating atmosphere. I'm not concerned about that at all. Students will be off the chain. It's That's going to be fine. But if Virginia stays in this football, game, it's because they simply took a cue from the three teams, more two, because Louisville couldn't really stop Tucker. Connecticut couldn't really stop Tucker, but you don't feel like he, like that was Schrader's game. Certainly, Purdue did stop Tucker. Like, that was them. If this is a game going into the fourth quarter, like I said, and everybody's tweeting away on Friday night looking at things like, hey, man, I thought Syracuse was playing well this year. What's up with this? It Virginia, didn't they almost get beat by ODU last week? Like, If you start seeing tweets like that, it's because we are not on track. Rashawn Tucker is pleased with his performance tweet. I feel like if Syracuse is going to be humming on all engines, Tucker's got to get back to doing Tucker things. I think Tucker will get back to doing Tucker things. And by the way, Tucker doing Tucker things now includes as a pass catcher, as a decoy, that's been there all along. That first Gatson touchdown in the Purdue game, not the game winner, the first one that kind of started that run of insane scoring in that game, where he zigzagged down the sideline. What did Dino Babers call it? Michael Jackson-like down the sideline. Thanks, Brent. Coach, we should tell you, Michael Jackson's kind of like, he's he's kind of been canceled. I don't know if you know that, but I can't make that reference anymore. Just make mental note of that. Anyway, that throw, that play, Tucker goes in formation to the right sideline, and half of Purdue's defense followed him. So he still plays a factor. If he And Dino said that earlier this week. If Sean Tucker's on the field, you have to account for him in so many different ways. That is still true. But how long can that be the case? You want Sean Tucker to make Sean Tucker plays, do Sean Tucker things, run the football, find himself, get a gain longer than 13 yards, have an average that's higher than 2.3 yards per carry, kind of get back to what Sean Tucker needs to be. And for me to be saying that in Week Four, you might say I'm overstating it because it's an adjustment. Remember, he doesn't have Chris Elmore out there anymore. Like these things take time to fix, but football goes fast, and you got to find yourself in the right opportunities. And I feel like Friday, he will be back. He will be pleased with his performance, and the Syracuse offense will benefit from from it. And that's why I think this is not going to be it's not going to be a blowout. But I don't think. Syracuse fans are going to be stressed out, as certainly not as much as they were last week. But last week was kind of a unicorn. That's why I think Syracuse—I will put it this way—will win comfortably against the Cavs. We'll see what David Teal thinks about that later, because he covers Virginia up close and personal for the Richmond Times Dispatch, along with all things ACC. But we'll see what our Syracuse football over unders apply to that game. But speaking of Syracuse football, yes. Football, or football, if you prefer. Ian McIntyre is the Syracuse soccer head coach, the men's soccer head coach. The women's soccer team is having a great season as well. By the way, field hockey is in the top five in the country, so a lot of fall sports kicking some bootay up on the hill. But we're going to focus on men's soccer. We're going to focus on Ian McIntyre and, and just how his football team has gotten off to an undefeated start as well. We'll do that on the other side of Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Presented by our friends at the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Yes, you. Get into my car. Our friend Josh is here. At least I thought he was my friend.
1: What's that about? He didn't back me up during the break. I'm sorry, I was interested in the Padres. That's your first mistake. You're supposed to back me up. You're
0: my producer. You're on my show. And you, every joke I make about Paul Sibilia, you got back me up.
1: Understood. Okay. But we got to enjoy the Padres being over five hundred, probably. I
0: guess. Paulie needs some
1: nice things in his life. I guess. Every so often,
0: the award-winning Orange Nation program. Nice to see those guys uh, have adult clothes they can wear at, uh-huh. at that banquet. Congratulations, guys! That's great. Uh we got some SU football over unders to go over here. I don't. Uh, you didn't track last week, did you? I mean, uh, you know, way well, you don't have to do that? It just. I did. It's just fun to like talk about and just go into the ether and uh, never uh, talk about it again unless I did well. Then yes, please tell the people.
1: Define doing well.
0: Good uh, question. I got five out of seven right, something like that.
1: Oh no, you didn't do that. Ooh, you did better than you've done so far. Okay, that's encouraging. Still went down two
0: units. So what's the total units I'm down?
1: 8.65.
0: I'm in the whole 8.65 units on this?
1: Yes, however, okay. you might have a chance to make it all back this week. There's, some, right. there's some plus money out all there right. this week. Let's put it that Here's way. Here's
0: what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You ready for this? How many of those do you
1: have? How many what do I have? How many plus money? Do, no, how
0: many, how many over-unders do you
1: have? I oh, have... Pulse. One, two, three, four, six over unders, as well as a yes/no question. That has so we left. have seven, seven bets. props to go uh-huh. over here.
0: I'm in the whole eight. Yes, 0. .65. So if I just do really well here, I could, I could be even. If you sweep the board this week, if I just kill it. You'll be good. Or, or we could go double units on each one. You could
1: do that as well. Which still could get me, or you could just like put five units on one pick.
0: Exactly. Ooh, you know what? We got some possibilities here. I'm feeling double units on each pick, though. Let's just let's just either get even or get in the plus side today.
1: There's one pick you might week. want might not want to go two units on, but we'll get there when we get
0: there. Okay. Lay
1: it on me. We'll start with some of the regulars that we do every week. Start with just a game total over under fifty three.
0: Doing the math in my head. I know what the score I predicted is the over-under. I'm going to say over.
1: What was the score you predicted? Go over.
0: You will see tomorrow on the digital pages of Syracuse.com. and you your post-standard newspaper.
1: Um, Moving on, we will go to Garrick Schrader, another one of our regulars here, as we always do, total yards. I'll do the same number as I did last week, 269.5. Fun fact, that was under by, I believe, six or seven yards. So we were close. Uh, Pretty darn close. This is total yards. Total yards. I'm going to say under this week.
0: Because I feel like this is going to be more of a Sean Tucker game. And you want these all to be two units. Give me two units on that. Okay. The over-under. No, one unit. Okay. Two units on Schrader. Mm -hmm. Under. Got it. Next one. Nothing against him. I just think Tucker's gonna do Tucker things and he won't have to have the huge numbers.
1: So then that in other games. Good transition for you. Tucker's the next one here, over under hundred forty nine and a half total yards.
0: Three units over. Three units. That's how pleased I am with my prediction. And that's how pleased he's gonna be with his performance.
1: That is what we call a three unit hammer play.
0: That's a three unit hammer play, and I believe that's my biggest play yet.
1: That is. In this little segment we That done. is. Come on, um,
0: Shawnee. Does anybody call him Shawnee? I don't think anybody. I, I'm going to start that.
1: I don't know if you should. Let's go. Three units. Moving on, we'll go over to Aronde Gadsden Jr. Or is it mm. it's the second, actually. It is it's the second. second. That's Correct. my bad. Yep. Aronde Gadsden the second. Over under 64 and a half total.
0: Now, you would think Tony Elliott's going to focus a bit more on him and not let him get open, but see, one of the reasons that Gatson is getting open is they kind of cross routes, pre-snap motion, last-second pick plays. This past week, his first touchdown, I mentioned it earlier in the show, Tucker goes to the sideline like he's going out for a pass, which left Gatson the opportunity to kind of cut out open. He gets chunk plays. I feel like every time Gatson catches the ball, it's like twenty five, thirty yards. Two units over. Two units over sixty-four and a half.
1: Let's go. All right. Let's go. I'm debating whether what order I want to I'll save the fun one for last. Um okay. well these are all fun, if you ask me. The fun one's the last one. Um Syracuse penalties over under eight and a half. I believe they were over last week, right? They were. They had ten penalties. They Thankfully, had three Purdue penalties had against UConn, and I believe they had eighteen That's against. Correct.
0: The Thankfully, Purdue had thirteen, mm-hmm. including eighty yards of special teams penalties at the end. We're going eight and a half this
1: week. Yes, just Syracuse penalties. Just Syracuse under one unit. All right. Over to attendance. Over under thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine and a half. So do we crack the forty k number? Louisville is thirty-seven and change. Purdue is thirty-five, almost thirty-six thousand.
0: This is official, listed in the box score attendance. It yes, doesn't always equal butts in seats, though. I feel like the first two games, it's actually been pretty accurate.
1: I will also add, I did learn this today. All faculty at SU got an email that they are being encouraged to leave work at three o'clock on. That's Friday.
0: correct. I am faculty. I received that email.
1: Even though you weren't planning on being there on Friday anyway.
0: I will be at work at Shaughnessy's doing a pregame show for you people. So come on by and hang out with us four to six.
1: $2
0: shuttle to and from the game. Drink specials, food specials. We'll be playing cornhole and games outside in the street. We shut the street down.
1: $2 shuttle really is a great deal. That's
0: That's a hell of a deal. You kidding me? Go to Shaughnessy's. Hang out. Maybe Uncle Brown will buy you a drink. You never know. Shuttle up. Now it's like 1130 at night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Shuttle back. Now, please have somebody to drive you, to designate a drive you, but if you don't want to do the driving, our friends at Shawnee's help you out. So, yes, I did receive that email. I feel like there is a bit more buzz in this game. Friday night can be tough for high school football people that want to go to these games but can't because they're Mm -hmm. literally... Playing high school football, they're officiating high school football. They want to see their kid play high school football. So that's tough. Uh I I hate to say it, my friend, but I'm gonna go two units under.
1: Wow, gonna go
0: two units under. I think it could be like 38k ish. What was the exact number you gave?
1: 39.999 and a half. So just break forty. Oh,
0: okay. So just break forty. No, I'm gonna take the under. Prove me wrong. I want to. I want to be wrong about that. I want to be two units in the hole on that one because you guys out there proved me wrong, and it was over forty k. I just. I don't think we're gonna get
1: there. Okay. Well, if you go two units in the hole, here's your chance to earn it back. This is a yes/no question for you here. Okay. The odds on no are going to be set at minus seven fifty. Okay. So not great value there, but good value on yes at plus six hundred. Will there be a Robert or Nye post game press conference? Wow. Wow. Now, just Robert and I? Just Robert. Robert and I available in any form of post game media to the press. (sighs) (sighs) Whoo. Plus 600 odds. Plus 600. I thought that was a decent line I said. That's a great line.
0: Yeah, because if you take no, it's whatever. Right. See, you are, and you nailed this because you said I was not going to want to put a lot of units on this. Uh And you're correct
1: about that. I'll even let you put a half a unit on this if you want to.
0: Thank you. That's that's actually a good compromise. I will put half a unit on no. Okay. Half a unit on no. That's not what it should so be. So to
1: to win half a unit, meaning yes. you would have to bet. Quick math: three point seven five units. To
0: win half a unit? Yes. <laughs> I should just take the good value.
1: It's minus seven fifty juice you got here, Brent. Give me a
0: half unit on yes. Just for what the hell? Why okay. Me? Why not, right? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know how much I can really get into this. Um, let me just say this. Uncle Brent's got a column coming out tomorrow, which may or may not influence what you just said. I will I will, I will, will tease it that way. Okay. But based on some conversations I had today, I'm not confident that's going to happen. Pre-game is one thing. Yeah, you're still picking yes. I spe- I'm taking the value on yes. Okay. That's why. I feel like, especially if they win, those two should talk. Agreed. Now, they're not defending Brennan Armstrong, but they know Brennan Armstrong. They know Virginia. This is emotional. Look, the, what they have to understand, and look, let me let me stress this. There are people up there that do get this, that do understand that they're just not in the position to make it happen. Mm-hmm. This is Dino's decision, okay? Dino doesn't want his assistant coaches to talk to the media. There are exceptions. But it's never X's and O's. Like, for example, my colleague Emily Liker recently did a profile about Tony White. And under the conditions no X's and O's would be discussed, Mm -hmm. she had a conversation with him. Okay? So they will make assistant coaches and coordinators available in certain circumstances. It's still very rare. Now Dino Babers has a show tonight. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. tonight seven o'clock here at the Hill. Paulie's going to go plug stuff in. Thanks, Brent. Welcome, Coach. He has a coach on every week. Once in a while, like in-house media, you'll see these guys, but it is still rare that an assistant coach slash coordinator speaks in a public setting. If there's ever a week to break that rule, it's this one. No question. I know for a fact neither Robert and I or Jason Beck will speak before the game. Right. After the game, especially if you win, but even if you lose, hopefully they will. Because these are two people that everybody wants to hear from. You can't pick two people you want to hear from more about this game than those two.
1: Would you say we are more likely to hear from them in the event of a close win or a blowout?
0: More likely in the event of a blowout.
1: How about that? Interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to take the odds on yes and be able to win my half credit. Okay. If it happens. Not very confident it's going to though. But I'd love to be wrong. Please surprise me. Come on, Dino. Maybe you're feeling it after the game. Let them go out there and take a victory lap, as they should. This is their game. This is like their bowl game. This is it. That was a great question to end let's break on that note we will come back and uh, not only talk about this matchup but go around the ACC with David teal the legend from the Richmond Times dispatch there right there